Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dano. And with me as always, we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Hello, Dano. Very good to be here on this lovely long weekend. I hope everyone's had an awesome Easter um, and watched some average games. Sorry? Except for me. Uh, Well, yes. um, Yeah, sorry. Um, But at least you got to watch some good umpiring this weekend or fucking not because it was shocking. But anyway, we don't talk about umpires. We talk about Supercoach. Yep, yep. Anyway, for everyone... um who didn't see my Twitter post, oh, I got a spicy cough. So when I was recording last week, yeah, it was a spicy cough. So I get out of ISO tomorrow morning. It's going to be so good. But anyway, enough about that. Let's get on to the weekly group winner, Pato. And who was it? Uh, it was Thorin. I hope I'm saying that right. Thorin, Thorin. What was their team name, Pato? Uh, the team name is I'm a fuckwit. <laughs> What was their actual team name, Pato? Uh, I can't read those words, mate. I, I can't I'll, quite I'll, see I'll on the screen. It. I'll do it. Their team name was The Vax Kills People. And I'm waiting for Pato to just go on a rant here. Anyway, so this idiot scored 2,341 on the weekend. Yeah, um, And he's still alive, so there we have it. Um, yeah, no Crips, no Hall, um, no Grundy. So kind of dodged a few bullets there. Pretty decent looking yep. team, if I'm absolutely honest. They've got Tim English. They've got Isaac Heaney, um, yep. Tristan Cherry, um, Petrarca, Steele, McRae. Um, pretty decent. Yep. Uh, James Sisley, who was really good today, um, more so in the first half against the the Cats. Yep. And how good was it to see the Cats lose to Hawthorne, Dano? <laughs> How good is it to see a new coach take over a shit team and actually make them play good? Hint, yes, comments, hint. Yes. And how good hint. is it seeing Kane Corns get proven wrong yet again? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're going to the new DPP editions. First time this year. Um, so first up, we got Scott Pendlebury. He's now defensive slash mid. Dane Zorko, another defensive slash mid. Nick Dacos, the one that everyone wanted. Pado, defense slash mid. Luke McDonald, your man, defense slash mid. We've got a lot of defenders slash mids now in the new DPPs. Tristan Cherry, uh, ruck slash forward. Uh, Connor McDonald, mid slash forward. Uh, Jack Sinclair, defense slash mid. Pat Lipinski, forward slash mid. And Zachy Butters, forward slash mid. Pato, do you want to take us away with the injuries? Yeah, no, just quick um, DPP additions and they're just really the the relevant ones so take of that what you will i've currently got seven out of my eight forwards as uh forward mids so really just helps with uh really good flexibility if you lose someone to injury you can sort of swap guys around and make sure you're fielding a somewhat decent team you're not having to rely on fucking tom de Koning to score um yep. on your field and just let him in in there anyway injuries um <laughs> I don't want to say this, Dana, because it, it ruined my weekend before it, it barely even started. But um, Aaron Hall, yeah, Aaron Hall had the old twang of the hammy. Um, look, I'm not shocked. This was the risk of starting Aaron Hall 
I was well aware that he was coming in a slightly underdone and with a hamstring in preseason. And sometimes you've got to take these risks. Sometimes they, they come off and sometimes they don't. Um, don't know. Aaron Hall did uh, both of us really well last year. We jumped on and, and took the risk and, and he really yeah. paid paid off for us. But um, yeah, unfortunately, he's looking like a trade. Uh, I didn't watch that game. I had family stuff on on Good Friday, but from all accounts, it didn't look good. And well, with his I second hamstring in a couple of months. I was watching. Yes. And I, I relayed the message to you when you're like, what the fuck happened? And I'm like, pretty much he hit the deck, immediately clutched for the hammy and did not get up on his own. So he was fucked. Straight away, he knew. Yeah. He's like, nah, someone come get me. I'm fucked. So yeah, you yeah. got to trade him out. Yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about that a little bit later, Dano, as to what people might do with Aaron Hall. Um, I'll mention what I'm going to do as well, um, being an Aaron Hall owner, well, soon to be non-owner. Um, <laughs> yep. But yeah, kind of hurts, but you live by the, do- the sword, you die by the sword sometimes, and that's that's the way Supercoach goes. Yep, yep. Um, next one, Ned Reeves uh, popped his shoulder out. So uh, Pato's hoping for a Max Lynch uh, debut appearance um, for another Ruck rookie. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is a real nasty one. Um, I'm talking like eight, 12 weeks nasty. Um, oh, damn. Yeah, he um he braced a fall and a, a big ruckman. That's a lot of weight coming down very hard and um sort of bra- tried to brace himself, landed on his elbow pretty much and um just popped his shoulder straight out. So tasty. I mean, it could even be a season one. Um, obviously, this only happened today. We're recording Monday night, so he'll have scans, but it did not look good. Um, he got up and he he was struggling to walk and he had a shoulder injury. He didn't have an injury um his legs. So yeah. Looked like a real nasty one. Um, Max Lynch has just cleared his concussion protocol, so he should be right to come back next week. Uh, they showed Ben McAvoy still in a splint um, for his neck, so huh. looks like Mac- Max Lynch as a rookie priced rock might come in and um, be a nice little another rook, rookie uh, rock cash cow, um, 207K, but we've got another one that's probably even better than that, Dana, which we'll talk about very soon. Yep, um, Pato has not been drinking, I don't think. He's just fucking up. Uh- <laughs> uh, a little column A, a little column B. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, Hugo Ralph Smith. Oh, your boy, the mullet man. Uh, nasty hip and ribs corky there, Pato. Yeah, he got a, not- a nasty one. Uh, I don't think it'll be in too many teams just because he didn't play it while he was the sub round one and he's played since. And, and yep. he's been all right, but he copped a real nasty one. So... Dimmer in the in the press conference said that he probably will struggle to get up for next week, and there were some really good performances from some pretty senior players in the VFL for Richmond, and we were pretty disappointing on Saturday afternoon as well. So there's probably going to be some changes, and Hugo is maybe not a performance change, but um, he'll probably make way for a Kane Lambert or something like that. So yeah. Um, yeah, if you've got him, you'll probably have to trade him. He's probably made the money that he's going to make. Yeah. Anyway, we've got some rookies on the bubble. And to start us off, we have Braden Pruce from the Giants. How's it going? 204K minus 93 break even, 106 average. That's fucking huge. But, and you're, you're going to crunch the numbers on this one, Pato. If you've got two primo rucks, don't trade one of them out for Pruce. You've picked them for a reason, back them in. Pruce, if you're bringing in Pruce for just bench cover... You're going to be shattered because I reckon he will pump out hundreds here and there if they play him and Flynn together, maybe low hundreds, high nineties. But yeah, Pato, your thoughts? 
Yeah, I actually disagree. I, I think Proust is bordering on must-have territory. It's just a little bit awkward because we've got Sam Hayes, um, who is actual rookie price, who yep. probably will be must-have as well. So it's a juggling act. And I think the fact that both of them being ruck only, it's a shame none, neither of them can go in the forward line. Um, I think Bruce is must-have. And I watched the game on Thursday night and Brody Grundy did not look good. Now, I could eat my words here. And I know I was very vocal on not trading out Max Gorn. He has come good. Not trading out primos in general? Yes, I have been very vocal on that. But in saying yep. that, <laughs> Max Gorn... Passed the eye test. He looked fine. He didn't look like he was struggling physically. He didn't have a change of role or anything like that. He just he gave away some free kicks. He he was missing marks that he would normally take, and I wasn't concerned. Um, I saw Grundy Thursday night. He was comprehensively beaten by the Brisbane duo uh, in Fort and McInerney. Now, um, this this has. Grundy coming out and scoring 130 uh, written all over it for the Anzac Day. And they've actually got a really long break um, Thursday into Monday. So that's what, nine days? So he's got plenty of time to get right. Um, but I, I'm i in a position personally, uh, we've got some questions on this, so we'll go into it a little bit more later. But I'm in the p- position personally where I can be a little bit aggressive here and pocket the cash, not only the cash of downgrading Grundy to Pruce but also the cash that Bruce will make. So it's going to make me six, 700K, Dano. Um, and I think the money that I, the, the way I can use that money outweighs the potential of Grundy hurting this trade because I think Bruce perhaps won't score as much as Grundy over the next six weeks or leading into the buys, but he won't be that far off. And that's why I'm going to take that plunge um, because I think Hayes needs to come in in a couple of weeks as well or next week. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm against trading at Grundy just because he has a history of not scoring well against the Lions, and then you actually go into his scoring history this year, and it was one twenty four round one, one hundred one round two, ninety six round three, one eighteen round four, and then he plays against his bogey team for fifty three, his lowest score in like since like twenty seventeen, which was also yeah, but Bruce has had two McInerney. Bruce has had two tons in that in the two games. You get get what I mean. You get what I mean? I do. I and do. He's coming up against for, Essendon, a team that he really loves to bitch slap. Yep. 500k cheaper. I think um, Bruce can store not much less. And with the 500k, I can I can turn, I can bring in a couple of primos. Well, he's not 500k cheaper. He's 350. Is it not 500? No, he's 350k cheaper. 350. But with that 350, I can get Petrarca in. Yeah, that's fair. Hang on. Yeah, so I think Petrucca and Bruce can score better than Grundy and who am I trading out? Thompson Dow. No, not Thompson Dow. Who did I trade out? Who Connor gets, McDonald. Anyway, we'll uh, move on. Connor we'll McDonald. On. Uh, that's that's easy. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, next one we got is Malcolm Rosas, uh, 130k forward, minus 71 break even, 74 average, playing up half forward. Yeah, um, towards the end of that game there, he was in the center bounces as well, Pato. So don't don't mind the look of him. He's a little live wire. Um, looks like he can make some money. Yeah, now off the top of my head, I reckon he played a couple of games last year, Dana, and played forward pocket and was not good. 
um, at all. But the two games that he's played so far this year, he's actually looked pretty good and um, passes the eye test for sure. Yeah, he's got, he had three games last year for an average of 30, and I reckon one or two of those might have been sub games. So yeah, yeah. let's ignore that. Um, this year, he's started both games, playing a high half forward role. He's getting up amongst it. So I think it looks really good. It's just coming at a really shit time because he's a forward and you've you've got to sort of move things around in order to get him in. Um, I might be skipping out on Roses. This is early thinking, um, but we'll see what happens. Yep, yep. Um, the next one, who's the one that I think is going to be a must-have next week? Um, so he's only played one game. This is Sam Hayes, who we were talking about. Um, he's 123K, 75 in his first game. He's going to be number one ruck for Port for like the next three months. Got to got to lock him in on as a bench spot, in my opinion. But that, I, you don't have to bring him in this week. He's not going to go up in price. Next week might be the week, but if you're forced to bring a ruck rookie in, at least he'll play. Yeah, I agree. Um, Sam Hayes is looking like a must-have. Now, he only had the five touches, um, and I'm trying to find the tweet quickly while I talk, Dano, but um, he had 20-odd hit-outs, and I think 10 of them were to, to advantage or something yeah. like that, which is which is unbelievable for a guy playing his first game of AFL footy. Now, this is someone that was drafted in 2017, Dano. So he's been he's a big boy chomping away. Um, and it allowed them to get rid of Laddams and sort of clear some salary cap and be okay with him being the backup. So they've got full trust in Sam Hayes. For a guy that's just putting his feet in the water in AFL footy, um, scored 75 on debut with just five touches. Um I think it's great. And he had six six contested possessions. I don't know how that works when he had five touches. But anyway, let's not or pos- question Okay, we'll, we'll go into something. A possession is when you have the ball. Disposal is when you get rid of it. Right. Yeah, it's the most okay. frustrating. I remember one day I saw, uh, it was like Patrick Dangerfield had like 32 possessions, but he only had 26 disposals. I was really fucking annoying when I saw that on the TV. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, he had 32 possessions. And I'm like, but he had 26 disposals. What the fuck? So, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that makes a little bit more sense then. Yeah, they should, um, they should just so, get yeah. rid of that. They should just get rid of possessions and just say disposals. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, Hayes has been like chomping away at the sandful, and you know how much I love my sandful. Um, yes. This is so the first Hayes, Jack Hayes, chomping away at the bit, fucking absolutely killing the sandful. Sam Hayes was also going about his business. He's basically, in my opinion, one of the best rucks in the sandful. So you can see why Port wanted to hold on to him. They, I think there was a part of a trade. I think it was Sydney actually inquired about Hayes and Hayes said, fuck off. Oh, sorry. Um, Port Adelaide said, fuck off to trading Hayes and they'd rather get rid of Laddams. Right. Yeah. So that shows how much faith they've got in Hayes. And well, he's the only healthy Ruckman left on their list now. So yeah. they don't have much choice, Dano. Um, it's either Hayes or they're going with Jeremy Finlayson. Um, so we know who they'd, Probably He's prefer on the ruck, but He's so elite. Yeah, no. Anyway, um, <laughs> so look, Sam Hayes is just going to sit on your bench. You shouldn't have to rely on him on field, um, unless obviously something happens to your rucks, whether Proust gets injured, uh, suspended again, or whatever. But yeah, sit him on your bench, um, and he'll make great cash being that number one ruck, and he's soul rucking as well. So. Don't have to worry about sharing the ruck juice with anyone else. He'll play and he'll have a great run and, yeah, he'll make great cash. So probably wait another week just in case because you never know um, when you bring in a rookie after one week that that's always when they get injured and don't don't play yeah. for eight weeks. <laughs> always the way you don't know, Murphy's Law. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, Sam Hayes is absolutely must have, as well as Proust. I think they're both must haves, uh, personally. I don't think they both are myself, but they'll make you money. That's the main thing. Um, That's Marcus, what we like. Yeah, yeah Marcus Windager, 117k minus eight break even, 38 average. I think he gets dropped. Yeah, he didn't look great. Um, so it's probably yeah, the, the cupboard's pretty bare when it comes to to rookies on the bubble, don't know. Yeah, the next one coming we've got is actually season, a one game. So it's all, yeah, it's a little bit concerning um, coming into upgrade season, but hopefully we get some debuts soon. Yeah, um, the last one we've got is Ben Hobbs. So he only had the one game, uh, 153K. He scored a 65, had midfield minutes. He actually looked not too bad. So um, as we know, he was highly touted as a junior. So we'll watch this space, but he he might even get dropped. Um by Essendon because they're not winning. Nah, nah, they'll they'll look at some more senior guys before. I mean, did you watch this game, Dano? Partially. I said I did. I, I did say Hobbsy and I was like, oh yeah, Nick Martin was good. Yeah, so Hobbs actually had a pretty quiet first half. And I'm so I look at someone like Devin Smith and think, how the fuck is this guy getting a game? Um oh. like he went at 43%. He is the most selfish player I've seen play footy. Um, and I've yep. watched Patrick Dangerfield play footy. And it's so hard to watch. Now, the Giants dodged a bullet by getting rid of him, Dano. Um, well, he, he's a wannabe Stevie J. Yeah, yeah. Um, he should just want to... Anyway, um, yeah. If, if they're going to drop Ben Hobbs and keep Devin Smith in the team, that's a, that's a big issue. So Ben Hobbs actually got thrown into the, the centre bounces in the fourth quarter and... Got some junk uh, junk time points doing that um, and looked okay. So hopefully he's done enough to to get some more CBAs next week and we can look at bringing him in next week as well. Maybe next week's a double downgrade uh, week with Hayes and Hobbs. Yeah, maybe. Um, but, yeah. but keep in mind that Stringer and Merritt do have to come back into the team. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to um, some upgrade targets. Um, we've got a couple... I've, I think, well, I've already mentioned one of them already that's a must-have. We've got a massive POD in defense as well. Um, two, actually. Anyway, defensive premium upgrades. First one's Jack Sinclair, 553K, 116 average, 5.4% of teams. Um, I think that's a 72 break-even, is it, Pato? He's currently number three defender. DPP as well. Def- uh, defense mid. Looks solid um, out there. He just... Fucking looks majestic as well with his mullet. So, was it a really? Yeah, it's a mullet. It's a mullet. Yeah. Anyway, it's a mullet. Yep. Your thoughts on Sinclair? Yeah. um, Week. Just a just a quick uh, side note. The uh, the number one super coach team this week was the one and only Cooper. Yeah. From AFL trade, whatever his page is, Um, scoops as they as he likes to call himself, and he's got about five St Kilda players in his team. Um, including Jack Sinclair, he's got Jade Gresham, he's got Rowan Marshall, Jack Steele, um, and he's won. Yeah. He's won because they've had such a big win and they all scored really well. So, um, I yep. mean, I guess congratulations to, to Scoops, um, two thousand dollars richer um, for winning the winning the. Sometimes the, the pays the to week, have good but, bias. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes if I did that with Richmond, I'd be sitting fucking ninety thousandth. Yep. <laughs> But anyway, no, back to Jackson Clay. He looks really good. Um, it's just the consistency, but it's hard to, to keep saying this guy's inconsistent because he's got 500 out of five games. Um, 
and it looks like his basement might be about 95 to 100 and he can go up to, well, he had 135 last week against the Hawks. So yeah, playing a really attractive role. He's getting up in the midfield. He actually gained midfield DPP as well. So there's that extra flexibility just in case you need it. Um, yeah, and 5% of teams, which is really attractive because I, I like at least one POD on each line, um, except for the Rucks, obviously. And yeah. maybe Sinclair's that POD in defense um, once I finally can get rid of Luke McDonald. Well, the next bloke is an uber POD in my eyes. I've got this bloke in Supercoach I mean, Draft. Yeah. In 0.2% of teams, 0.2, not even 1% of teams have this bloke. He's averaging 108. He's currently ranked seventh amongst defenders at 520k, and that's Alex Witherden. Now, his Brisbane days, we knew that he was going to break out eventually. Um, he's kind of been thereabouts with consistency has been a little bit of an issue in the past but with it looks like he's taking over from Shannon Hearn right now like they got him for a reason I know Hearn's old fucking Witherden's the man now and he's absolutely killing it and I'm waiting for that one game by Witherden like last year where he just gets 35 kicks in a fucking game gets like 170 just something it's gonna happen this year I just don't know when but yeah with Witherden's one especially against Port Adelaide this weekend, that I'm like, oh, I really want to try and get him. I'll just keep on being two grand short because <laughs> he's 5 Yeah, well, the guy's, the guy's 23 years old. He's playing seven a game, so he's right in that breakout territory. Yeah. Um, and I think he's in his fifth year as well, so he ticks all those boxes, gets plenty of kicks, um, kicks it pretty well. Uh, he's in a shit team, so the ball's going to spend plenty of time, time in defense. Um, average 87 last year, 94 the year before, but that's in reduced time. Um, that's his that's his three years at West Coast. Mm. So, look, it's savvy. Uh, is it risky? Yes. Could it pay off? Absolutely. And 0.2% of teams. He's probably in about 500 teams. Yeah. So, you could do worse. Um, I think there's probably better value available even in the back line, uh, including the next guy we're going to talk about. And if for whatever reason you don't have George Hewitt, they're both cheaper than Witherden. But if you've already got both um, and you're looking for a downgrade for Hall, perhaps, um, yeah, Witherden's not a bad shout. Yeah, I just... It's Witherden's year. It's Witherden's year, just by watching him. Anyway, next week is James Sicily at 505k, 107 average, 34% of teams and a 54 break-even. Still looks good value, even at 500k, Pado. Um, his role's really fucking good. Eye test pass. Yeah, not really a POD with 34% of teams, but still. Yeah, it's the value. I think it's the year of the value. Um, with the lack of cash cows surfacing early on into upgrade season. So it's these cheaper guys that you're going to have to jump on at the right time. And 505,000 for a keeper is really good. Um he was on about 60 at quarter time today, Dano. Um, was unbelievable. Was picking everything off. The guy kicks, he intercepts, um, he takes kickouts. Um, not as many as Blake Hardwick for some reason, but he does take kickouts. Um, he's looking like a keeper. He's currently the eighth ranked defender, and that's behind Stephen May, who had a, a, a big game, and, and Jeremy McGovern will probably drop off as well. So he's right around that mark of top eight to 10 guys. So, yeah, pretty good value. Yep. Anyway, we'll go to the midfield. So we'll start off with Ang, well, not Angus, sorry, Andy Brayshaw at 605k, 128 average, 10% of teams have him. His break even is 123. He's the fourth ranked mid at the moment, Pato. 
Um, breakout year. The only thing yes. is he, he has dropped below 100 a couple of times, but that's the reason why you're having a look at him as well um, because I think he was 620K last week. I think he's actually gone down. So, And he plays... Um... Carlton. Yeah, he plays Carlton this week, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, look, Hewitt will probably go to him um, and try and negate him out of clearances. But the thing is, Will Brody's doing all the dirty work in there. He's just feeding it out to to Brayshaw um, to get him those those uh, easy uncontested possessions. So, look, I'm this one hurts me, Dano, because I was on Brayshaw all preseason and I chickened out. Like, well, not chickened out, but I changed my structure last minute and didn't go with him. And I'm yeah. spewing I didn't. Um, I still absolutely want him. It's not going to come cheap. He's just going to go up and up, up in price. The only thing that I'm slightly worried about, Dano, is his opponent in round 23. Oh, yeah, Giants. And that's and also in round 22, he has West Coast, and he was tagged by West Coast in round two or three or whenever they played. Yeah, but that's where you have up your sleeve like four or five trades towards the end of the year. And you strategize. Yeah, but Dano, most people, some people are going into this week with fucking 20 trades. People are burning trades like no tomorrow. So that isn't an option for a lot of people. So I think these are the, when you're looking at your keepers, you've got to look at those sort of things. He's also got the Bulldogs in round 21 and Melbourne in round 20. So that is a really brutal last month of the season. And they, they're your super coach final. So if you're in a cash league, you would hate to have Brayshaw average 125 or 130 on the year. And then for the last month, the average is 85 because he gets tagged in three out of four games. Mm. So that's the, that's, it's, it's got to be in your line of thinking. Um, but I love Brayshaw. I, I love watching him play as well. He's an absolute gun. Um, it's, it's a little bit like Nat Five, where it's a shame that he plays interstate because a lot of people don't look at him, don't talk about mm. him. But Brayshaw is a fucking gun of the game. Well, like the next bloke. Tom Green, 547k, 125 average, 18% of teams now. He's jumped up a lot, 110 break even. Uh, yeah, my boy Tommy Green. And I keep so going back to what to what game do I keep going back to, Pato, that I referenced when I was like he's going to fucking go ape shit? Fucking well, let Dano shit. just stroke it for a little oh, bit here, ladies and gentlemen. I don't realise I am. I am. Um, I am right now. Whew. Whew. And the, and the thing is, once Leon gets the sack on Tuesday um, and Stevie J gets announced as the caretaker coach, the Giants will win against the Saints. No, it won't happen. The Giants are fucking dumb. They'll keep Leon the whole year. But as soon as the Giants start winning games, I reckon I reckon Tom's going to go absolutely like fucking 150 plus and shit. He's already done like 140 plus in what a loss, I think it was, or was that against the Suns? I can't remember. Even Suns 147, one. he had 164 against Sydney. Yeah, in a loss. Like, yeah. I just, when they start winning, Tom, Tom's going to be going ape shit. Like, you've seen his work rate. His work rate's fucking insane for a bloke of his size. And he just goes everywhere. He, he could have, on the weekend, he could have easily gone 130 plus if he had have kicked at least one, one of the goals. Um, I think he missed... He had four shots at goal. He kicked three behinds, and one of them just fell short of the goal, and um, someone marked it because he didn't get enough leverage on the ball. So the man has pings, pot shots from the midfield at goal so much, and you just can't ignore that, Pato. Yeah, we'll see see what the makeup of that midfield is this week. Toby Green is back. 
So I don't know whether that means Tim Taranto goes back to a more midfield role or whether someone gets moved out to a wing. But at the end of the day, there's only so many midfield spots. Now, Callum Ward actually played a bunch of midfield against the Demons, Dano. I don't know whether that was a matchup thing or whether they're just trying to find the right balance. But there's a lot of very talented midfields in that team. And there's only so many spots to to give them. So It's going to be the green and green yeah, show. The green and green show up forward. No, it's just in general, every week it's going to be green and green. The two that teams will be like, holy fuck, Tom and Toby. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, next one, uh, Bailey Smith, who we mentioned um, as a potential. Uh, massive POD, 522k, 119 average, 4% of teams, 45 break even. We thought he might have, might have got forward status, but then he played predominantly midfield um, in the last game and it fucked him. Um, but he's still... What, the seventh-ranked midfielder in Supercoach at the moment? Can he maintain it, Pato? This guy had 43 possessions on the weekend, don't know. He should have got way more of a score. I feel like he was kind he of went robbed. at 72% and he had five clangers and kicked two behind, so... I feel like he, it should have been way more, like... It should have been way more. His score should have been higher. Well, his, James, his name's not Jack, so... Yeah, that's true. That's actually valid. <laughs> but no, Baz is um, sneaking under the radar a little bit. And I feel like if he was moved as a forward, everyone would look to bring him in um, at 522. But he's flying under the radar because he is a mid. And look, just because he didn't get forward this week doesn't mean he won't get forward in another six weeks, Dano. Because they are constantly looking at it and there are more changes happening. So... All it takes is for them to actually realise that uh, Josh Dunkley is their best midfielder, or oh, second best probably, behind Jack McRae. And Bailey Smith maybe goes to a more forward role. We're going to remember, Tom Liberatore is playing forward as well. Yeah, like, permanently forward. He, he it is. DPP. So, there's a lot of moving parts there. And we know Bevo Salad, he likes to change it every few weeks. Um, Coming into winter, maybe Bailey Smith plays a little bit more forward and he does pick up that status. So, it's it's... One you've got to have in your line of thinking. Um, and he's great to watch as well, um, especially if you're a female. He is. Whoa. Anyway. Well, don't, anyway. Don't assume people's sexuality. There's probably some males out there that, or other identifying genders that would be attracted to fucking Bailey Smith and his majestic mullet. Yep. I mean, it's hard not to be, isn't it? You get off the train at, uh, at Richmond and the the... <laughs> The Bailey Smith billboard is just all there for all to see, and you can't help but go, "Oh, that's a good looking rooster." But anyway, <laughs> Pado just loves anyone with a fucking massive beard. Beard? What the fuck was that, Dane? Massive <laughs> beard or a filthy ass mullet? If they have both, I I reckon you'd pass out from ejaculating too much, Pado. <laughs> Honestly. Or actually, anyway, there's, another, there's another one. Hang on, I forgot about it. I, I would love to see you around a bloke with a massive mullet, a fucking filthy ass mo and pit vipers on. Because I reckon you'd lose your shit. I actually didn't hear that. You cut out. Oh, no. I said if someone had a massive mullet, filthy mo and pit vipers on, I reckon you'd lose your shit. <laughs> anyway, next on our list is Christian Petrarca. Yeah, we're not getting hyped up about this. Next on the list is Christian Petrarca at 575k, 118 average, 20% of teams, 132 break even now. He's getting a nice run of fixtures against Richmond, Hawthorne, St Kilda, West Coast North, but 
His break even's one thirty two, and his only his highest ever score against Richmond is one thirty three. Is that one? Yeah, but that was last year against the Tigers at, at Anzac Eve. So he'll eclipse his break even this week, Dano. Um, I'm very confident of that. He will destroy Richmond on the weekend. Yeah, I'm I'm bring I'm try every possible way I'm trying to bring Petrarca in. He's one or two. Yeah, guys, I'm the same. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm the same. Five hundred seventy five thousand. He's probably not going to get much cheaper at all this year. He's had his run of tagging. Um, I don't know if he gets tagged much for the foreseeable future. And look, last year he took a little bit to get to warm up a bit and then just, you know, killed it for the rest of the year. So mm. I can see the same thing happening again this year. Um, that run of games coming up is very juicy. Yep, yep. The next bike we got is Darcy Parrish at 581k, 108 average, 8% of teams, 102 break even. Anzac Day is his day. Will like, yeah. Anzac Day is his day. So if you're going to bring him in now, would be the time to bring him in, Pato. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Another one that that eased into the year last year, but once it it was Anzac Day onward, that Darcy Parish just went nuts. So um, yeah, definitely want to keep an eye on now. Parish, it must be noted, had three frees against and had five clangers on the weekend. So without those, he's looking at a one forty on the weekend. So. He's getting plenty of the footy. Um, he's just got to get that luck to change and then he'll really take off his scoring. So I'm really confident that Parrish will be in that top 10 group. I want to bring him in. I think Petrarca is my first priority, but Parrish uh, is not far below that priority list. Now the next guy, I've been a bit iffy on Hawks midfielders, but Tommy Mitchell, 567K, 102 average, 4% of teams, 67 break even. So he's had back-to-back tons. I didn't watch the game today. So, Pato, I reckon you should take this one away because, yeah, I didn't get to watch it and I don't know how he went, but I know he scored really well. Yeah, so Tom Mitchell actually had a really poor first half. Really poor. He was terrible, but he was kind of playing a little bit half forward and it was kind of weird. Um, But in the second half, I'll read out his stats directly from uh, Fantasy Freako on Twitter. This is just the second half, Dana. Most people would be happy to get this in the whole game. 25 disposals, 18 of them were contested. Shit. Eight clearances. Yeah, nice. One goal, one goal assist, and he had 116 super coach in just the second half. Fuck. What did he get in the first half? And it was every bit. It was, oh, he was on like 30-odd at halftime. Yeah, right. Oh, no, he was on like 20-odd because he scored 130, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. So that's scored 142. That's he scored 142. Yeah, I don't know. Look, he he just looked vintage Tom Mitchell, um, just like the second half of last year. Those that brought him in for the back end of last year were, were absolutely laughing, including me. I brought him in late last year, and he destroyed it on the run home, um, very much like his Brownlow year. So surely he's that midfield um, bull. From now on, Jager played forward line, which was kind of weird. Um, but Tom Mitchell, once he went into that midfield full-time, as you'd expect from one of the better midfielders in the comp, um, Tom Mitchell looked unbelievable. And because of that, his break-even is pretty low. Um, I don't think you'll get Tom Mitchell any cheaper at all this year. Um, he doesn't get tagged because people don't really worry about him for some reason. Um, he's probably the reason Hawthorne won this game, Dana. I know they had a lot of really good contributions, but without Tom Mitchell doing what he did in the second half, Geelong win that game. So... If they're unless they're tanking, no, they're not. Tom Mitchell is a great option. So 
one to keep an eye on and a really good price of 567 um, for a midfield primo. Yeah. Ruck line. Now, the clear two Ruck. standouts are English and Gorn. Any other trade options besides you fucking going nutty about Proust? So, yeah, I, I wanted to mention in this spot what I sort of mentioned, touched on last, uh, earlier on, Dano, in the podcast, where. Yep. It just Brody Grundy is bleeding cash. Um, it's not just cash. Obviously, you don't worry about a price on a primo keeper, but it's more cash generation. And the fact that we are struggling for downgrade options. So we had O'Driscoll last week. Yep, great. But we've got Roses this week, who looks okay. Um, but other than that, I mean, Hobbs isn't even guaranteed to play his third game. He's only played one. Hayes looks great, but he's a ruckman. And there's only so there's only three ruck spots. And you're not trading Max Gorn because you're a fucking idiot if you do. And if you did, you're an idiot. So I I, I think Braden Proust is a must-have. Um, if you've got Gorn and English, that's easy to maneuver. You just move um, English up forward and have Proust as your R2 to make money and then obviously trade um, move English back into your ruck line once Bruce has made his cash and you know happy as though but if you're a Gaundy owner like I am I think you've got to look at axing Brody Grundy he looked that bad on Thursday night don't know it's just one game though and it's against his bogey team where he sucks against Oscar McInerney his his groundwork was terrible. He wasn't tackling. He wasn't getting his hands on the footy. He wasn't chasing. He wasn't doing all the things that make Brody Grundy a great ruckman. It's a big call. Um, and it could backfire. He could score 140 against Essendon next week and I'll look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> Not for the first time. Yeah, yeah. But I think the cash that Bruce is going to make, like he could get to 500K, Dano, and make 300K. So I make 350k off Grundy down to Bruce, and then I make another 300k on top of that. That's 650k, Dana. That's that's a that's an Uber Primo. That's assuming that Bruce doesn't injure himself again because he always gets injured. True. Or suspended. True, but my R3 will be also a first uh, choice ruck for his club next week. I Pato's condoning trading Grundy. I'm saying don't back him in. Like I said, he's gone 124, 101, 96, 118, and then a 53. His, first, his lowest score in five years. So I reckon he'll bounce back. He's got Essendon, Gold Coast, Richmond, Western Bulldogs in the next four. Two of those teams he averages 112 against across his career. Across his career, including the early days. So, yeah, I'm, I'm saying hold. Hold, hold, hold. Pato saying trade. Who are you going to listen to, I, listeners? I, no, I'm not saying trade. I'm saying if you have been smart with your trade so far this year and you're sitting on over 30, I think you can afford to be aggressive. If you have traded out the likes of Jack Crisp after a couple of bad games, Max Gorn, Jack Steele, whoever, then you can't afford to trade Grundy. It all depends on how you've been so far this year. Well, and if you've I've been got over 30 trades, trades, I'm I'm holding. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Don't trade your primos, a wise man once said. Unless they don't look right. Oh, now he's adding additional shit on. Okay, we'll go on to the forward line because we can talk about this all night. 
Uh, Isaac Heaney, 539k, 122 average, 43% of teams, 69 break even. Fucking get him in. Plain and simple. Yeah, get I, him in. I don't He's, have him. I'm going to bring in someone different in my forward line this week, Dano. Who's know, a bit cheaper. Who, but yeah, I know. I know yes, who, but yes. you got you got to have Heaney. He's literally... Yeah, like, yeah, I reckon the last, the last two games, honestly, he shouldn't have scored as high as he did. He well, yeah, he, he actually played as much forward to not get midfield status. That's how much forward he's been playing, but that's with no Buddy and that's with no Tom Papley. Now, Papley is apparently going to play this week, so I'm very keen to see what the role is with Heaney and Papley in the team. But also, Buddy should only be one or two more away. I know he had surgery on his finger, but that's generally not a huge um, injury layoff situation. So once Buddy and Papley are back... He's got full license to run in that midfield and just he could go another level again. So you're gonna want Heaney in your team, hundred percent. I know as soon as I bring him in, that that'll be the curse, and that's when he gets fucking injured. Um because it happened to me twice last year to that blonde haired fucker. But he's so good <laughs> to watch when he's when he's healthy, Dano. He's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Next one's Tim English. Five seventy two K, one twenty one average, twenty seven percent own him, ninety seven uh is his break even. Um. Yeah. Shit times when you didn't start him, but it is what it is, Pato. Um, I think he's get. I think he's on that cusp of being out of reach because I don't know how long he can sustain this for. He's not going to sustain a one twenty one average, but he could sustain a one ten to one fifteen. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, Dan, I, I not many people started English. If you did, you're a genius. I think a lot of the let's say 20% I reckon of the people that have English have traded another premium to get to him. So whether that's gone, whether that's a crisp, a steal, whatever, a lot of people traded into team English. Now that makes me comfortable with letting him go because I've still got Gorn and I think Gorn scores more than English for the rest of the year. I'm confident yep. saying that Gorn has the runs on the board. Yep. And you're right. He's not averaging 120 on the year, team English. Um, so I'm comfortable with that with the trade in my pocket. The trade in my pocket allows me to be aggressive with a Grundy to Proust situation and make more money than what people would have made going gone to English. So, I mean, there's plenty of different ways to, to play the game. Um, I'm hoping to have English in my team at some stage, um, but if he goes over 600K, it's just too much to pay for someone of that ilk. So, I mean, maybe it's a luxury trade of, of Proust to English once... Once Proust maximizes his value, um, and I can and afford to do that, but yeah, he's almost out of reach. Yeah. Next by Jordan Degoe, JDG, aka He Who Shall Not Be Named. The Rapist. Fuck Pato. <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't I say thought, fuck Pato thought... after you make the R word because that's even worse. Um, 480k, <laughs> 100 and. 103 uh, average, 8% of teams, 74 break even. Pato, this has got to be the week to bring him in. Now, I'm going to quote a little bit off, off topic again here, Dano. Oh, fuck. I, wa- I watched this game, right? And I had a lot of people playing in Supercoach, so I had a pretty keen eye on the game and and obviously, you know, just chilling, nothing else to do on Easter Thursday night. Yep. There is one guy that could have won Collingwood this game. He kicked a goal. He kicked his fourth goal with about two minutes to go in the game. It was about two minutes 20, I think. And what do they do? So turned it into a seven-point game. What do they do? 
They took him off. Yeah. He took the they took the one guy that could have won them this game off the field. And of How course, then they struggled to clear the ball. Then they struggled to kick goals in that two minutes. Like there was one guy winning them that game in that situation. Obviously not a certainty. But surely, surely that's someone you want on the field when you need two goals to win a game. I never understand the whole kick a goal, take them off. Either do I. I mean, maybe in the first couple of quarters, but in the fourth quarter, you've got you're someone that's got 21 touches, four goals, eight, uh, four clearances, like can yeah. can produce something out of nothing. I mean, I guarantee you, I'm a Richmond fan. In that four years that we were good, there's no way Dusty's kicking a goal with two minutes to go in a game and we're down by two goals. There's and no way Dusty's off. coming off the field. Yeah. <laughs> there's no fucking way. It's just fucking stupid. I don't care what your analytics say. Mason Cox is already <laughs> off because he's a fucking spud. But <laughs> surely there's someone else you take off other than he who shall not be named. Yeah, no, nah, I, I agree. Anyway, back on. <laughs> That's my rant. Anyway, so yeah, 480,000 um, for someone that will be a top six to eight uh, forward premium. This value is too good to refuse. Um, 74 day. break even. Sorry. Anzac Day coming up too, next game. Coming into Anzac Day, he's someone that could absolutely win the medal. Um, He'll be over 500,000 next week, I think. So this is my other trade-in this week. I don't love it, but I've got to, I've got to leave my moles to the side. Um, he's going to be a top six, mid, uh, six forward, and he's under 500,000. So the value is too good to refuse, and he's coming into my team this week. Yep, yep, no, that's fair. Um, Zach Butters is the next one at 446k, 99 average, 45% of teams, 71 break even. He's back in the middle, doing what he does best. And if you didn't start him, well, he's pretty much at starting price. So bring him in. Simple yeah, you've had that, a bit though. of a reprieve. You've had a bit of a reprieve. Um, I just want to give a huge shout out to the people that talked me out of trading Zach Butters on the weekend. I I never really wanted to do it, um, but I had my finger over the trigger and I'm, I'm glad okay. that I was talked out of it. Um, okay. He has 17 centre bounce attendances um, in the absence of Ollie Wines and he's not moving out of that midfield group now. Um, he was someone that, that helped them sort of get back into that game. Man, it would have been good to see Carlton choke from that, that lead. Um, but anyway... It's even better to see Port Adelaide 0 and 5. So happy yeah. days. Yep. Happy days. But no, um, yeah, if you didn't start Butters, you've got a bit of a reprieve here. Um, he's very cheap. And I talked about value of um from who he shall not be named. Uh Butters is even cheaper, 446,000. He will be top six forward as well. So if you don't have him, bring him in. Um, super cheap coming up against West Coast. Um, I can't see them having anyone to to run with him. I don't think. Um, yep. I can't remember who tagged against Brayshaw, but I can't imagine he'll be able to run with Butters. Yeah. And the last guy that we've got, who I told Pato to put on the run sheet at the very last second, is Jade Gresham at 415k, 97 average, 18% of teams, 17 break even. Four of his five games, Pato, have been over 100 in Supercoach. And the one game where he was below 100, which was his 51, they lost that game. So, yeah, he's he's still cheap, even though even though he was like two ninety seven k or whatever to start the season. Ignore that. It, it kind of it's kind of feels like the whole Aaron Hall 
Jack Zebel situation of last year, where if you didn't start Zebel or didn't jump on Hall at the right time, you might miss out. And yeah, he's he's going to go up in price. Um, you kind of if you don't get him, you kind of hope that he does go sub 100 this time around, just to rejig that break even um, calculation. But he's looking good, Pato. He is. He had the most centre bounce tennises for St Kilda on the weekend, and that's including Jack Steele. So the role is there. Um, he has injury issues. That's why I'm very hesitant. But when we talk about value, 415,000 Dano, it's um, very attractive. Mm. Now, it's just how many St Kilda players can you bear to have in your team? Because I think, that Grant, full credit, they are playing really, really good footy. I think it drops off at some stage, Dano. And we've seen the one loss that they've had. He's scored 50-odd against Frio. So... Maybe that's just an anomaly. Maybe he'll still score well in losses um, because he's playing that midfield role now and pushing forward um, and kicking goals and, and doing everything else that, that comes with that sort of forward-pressing uh, midfield of the, the modern game, the, the Dustin Martin role, as you will. Yeah. Um, but, he, yeah, he looks great. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's risky, but... He's um is he POD? No, he's eighteen percent. So it's not a huge POD, but it is a solid enough POD. So value for yeah, money. great value. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, well, move on to the listener questions. We've got a fair few, Pato. Um, I'll go to Fate. We'll start on Facebook first. So we've got the regular Tate. He's got two questions for us. Um, so the first one was or is I should say any primos I need to try and get to now before it's too late. I think we've established Petrarca. Or, well, Petrarca, you could really, even if he goes 140, he's not going to go up much in price. But I, we, we reckon this round or next round is the round to get Petrarca. You can kind of be safe with either or, unless Petrarca comes out with a 180, then you're kind of fucked. Um, the other one we said was Jordan Dugowie. We reckon that he's right to jump on now, Pato. Um, anyone else? Sicily and... I still reckon Witherden myself, but you don't. You're not too sold on Witherden. I like I like Witherden. I just yeah. I, I think there's better options. Um, I think when you're looking at primos at this time, you've got to be looking at the value, especially with the ruck, the rookie mm. situation, and really only restricted to one or two of those ruck rookies, and they're the ones that'll make sort of two, three, even four hundred thousand. Some of them. So um, you've got to be savvy there. Um, that's where I really like Petrarca, who's at a good price, five seventy-five. Um, and I mean, there's some really great value up in the forward line um, between the uh, he who shall not be named, Zach Butters, and Jade Gresham. <laughs> there's three really great options, and they're all available as midfielders as well. So you don't have to bring them into your forward line. You can sort of sit them in your midfield and, and change yep. things around as Rochelle maxes out in price, or Nick Martin, or whoever you've got up forward, um, who are also mid mids as well. But anyway, yep. Um, so there's some great value there. Um, but I mean, when we're talking about too late, I'm assuming he's already got Hewitt. Um, he's definitely someone that needs to be in everyone's team. But we're not even talking about him anymore because it's just it's just a given. You he's in know 60 you need to get percent him. of teams. He's in 60 odd percent. Yeah. Of teams. I, I mean, that, that, that should be the case that 40% of players have already dropped off, um, surely. Because if you don't have Hewitt, I don't know what you're doing. Um, yeah. He's got but another yeah, question. That, yep. So it's which which two does he need to field out of Bruce Cherry and Hayes? Uh, 
I'm assuming that we're going to go with Pruce and Cherry on this one, Pato. Depends on the matchups. Now, Hayes actually has Nick Nat, which is a really tough matchup. Well, he doesn't have Nick Nat because Nick Nat's out for like till the second half of the season. I knew that. I knew that. So really, he has Dixon and Williams. Yeah, so I actually like Cherry on field. Um, Hayes. Oh, Hayes comes up against Bruce. And maybe oh, yeah, Flynn no, that's true. if they play too. Well, not really. He doesn't so, ruck that much. Rowan Marshall mainly rucks. Correct, yeah. So I would probably back Bruce and Hayes in. Uh, no, sorry, Bruce and, and, Bruce and Cherry. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah okay. Next one we got from Sam. He he said, is there any rookies to bring in this week or am I best to hold for another week? Well, we've gone over the rookies, so we'll skip that one. And then he goes, Dane, being a Giants fan, is Bruce going to make the money we want him to make or is it not really worth trade? He will make money. He'll make money fast. I think we worked out if he hits, what, 80s every week, he makes like 400 grand minimum. Uh, up, he, go, he hits 400 grand minimum. Not makes, but actually hits that price tag minimum. Um, he's probably going to go in the 90s to 100s, maybe 170 game here and there, depending on how fucking much he wants to run, Pato. <laughs> um, Flynn, I don't think Flynn will affect his scoring if they play, if Leon Cameron Smart and play them both together, um, because Prusy and Flynn can both kick goals. So they're very big men. Um, yeah, I, I reckon he'll make the money. It's just whether or not... I, I'm just against the trading of a primo to get to him, but Pato's all for it. That's all yeah, I'll before, say there. Yeah. Before Grundy had his howler on Thursday night, I was very keen to bring in Prusa as my R3. But I've changed my mind because Hayes has surfaced. And- yeah. Yeah. Hayes I'm, has I'm, the job I'm for three actually, weeks. Uh, sorry, I'm three actually, months at least. So I'm more of a Hayes like Sam Hayes than Braden Proust myself. I don't I don't know. Proust might come out and get an 80, but then injure himself and then fucking Flynn's number one ruck again. And that's why you know. need, a, you need a, a contingency plan. That's why you need Sam Hayes on your bench. Yeah. Anyway, we'll keep going. Um, Jason has said Dylan Moore looked like a top six forward. He's flying under the radar a bit. He is. Now, he was on 90-odd at halftime, I reckon, Dano. Maybe 80. I think he finished on that. Yeah, yeah. So, his second half, he did drop off. But he hasn't dropped below 90, Dano. He's had 90, 103, 94, 105, and 90. He's fucking going good. 466K. And I'm going to look at the figures because I reckon last year he actually had some decent scoring as well. So I remember seeing it late in the season and going, oh, do I chuck him on the run sheet? And I didn't um, just because he sort of plays a weird role on a shit team and whatnot. But last year he averaged 77 and actually scored pretty well on the back end of the year. But the thing is he had one. So from round 11 last year, sorry, we'll go from round 10, 80, 107, 85. That's great. 53 against the Bombers, 100. 36 against the power, 112, 83, 115, 86, 112. So, look, the roles there... That was under Sam Mitchell as well, wasn't it? No, it was under... um... Oh, no, they didn't appoint him yet. That's right. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Didn't he he actually take over? Wasn't he he care? Yeah, he was caretaker. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that was yeah. under Sam Mitchell. Yes, yeah, so maybe he just like Sam Mitchell. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's just that slight change of role. He played more of a deep sort of forward pocket under Clarko, but then plays a little bit more half forward. Look, I compare him to a Kane Lambert type where very similar roles where they'll get on the scoreboard, they'll kick goals, they'll have 120 games, but they'll also have 60 or 70 games when they've got a bit of a better matchup. So, look, a good draft option. I don't like it from a super coach perspective. Um, I think there's better options and there's probably better value options as well. Yeah. Um, but he's he's scoring well and maybe he's one to look at for next year because he's only 22. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Twitter questions, Pato. Because I know it fucking went ape shit before and I've still got notifications. Yes, yes, I've got a lot. So, uh, not uh, it's not in order, but we'll just do it in order of the notifications I've got. So, Aaron Monish, Nashi, says, who should replace Hall? He's saying, sick dog for value or Lloyd, Pendles or other. He has 570K to spend. Wouldn't touch now, Lloyd. Now, the good thing is, the good thing is with... The amount of uh, DPP that got added into the game this week, you could almost bring anyone in, Dano, and you should be able to make it work. So, well, it all depends on who Nashi doesn't have. But I'm looking at anything under 570. If you want to go a pod, I don't mind a Jack Sinclair. He's a defender. Yeah. Um, I don't mind taking the risk because if you've taken the risk on Aaron Hall, um, you've probably already got your Hewitt. You've probably already got the the defenders that everyone has. So I wouldn't mind taking a, a risk on that. So look, Sicily for the value, I don't mind. You could get better value in the forward line, as we mentioned before, Dano. So maybe maybe a, a he who should not be named. Um, I'm assuming he probably has butters. Yeah, you could go... Who's the other one? Gresham. And he just wants defenders from what he said. Yeah, so I don't, I don't mind... Sinclair, um, as as a bit more of a POD under under six percent of teams. I don't mind Pendles or Sinclair, but yeah, Sinclair's the one that hasn't dropped below a hundred yet, so and he's still gettable for for um Nashi there. So just just quickly on um on Pendles, so I should have mentioned it before. Um, I've got some data on Scott Penderbury now. He had eighty one percent center bounce attendances on the weekend. They know. Yeah. And that was with the whole midfield group playing. So there's a bit of a change of role there. And obviously he's played defense enough to pick up defense status. And it doesn't matter now. They can't take that away from him. So if he's going to play as a permanent midfield, I should have put him on the run sheet. Um, I've, I've had a bit of a hell over there. But <laughs> okay. he had more He had more center bounce tennises than Jack Crisp, Taylor Adams, Um not more than he who shall not be named, but that's the only midfielder that he got less than. So if the if the role's going to stick, I don't mind it. And we know Penderbury loves Anzac Day. He loves a big occasion. He could go absolutely big. So Penderbury is maybe a really good option. Yep. They're my two. I don't, like I said, I believe Lloyd would have a massive drop off. He'll still be okay at scoring, but he'll have a massive drop off this year. And I'm just waiting for him to bottom out. So you can hold off on Lloydy until he starts finding his gun feet again. There's only so many spots, though, Dano. We are stacked in defence this year. I know. I know, but that's... I'm, I'm just waiting for those guys to drop. Me, personally, just to drop yeah, off. Yeah, it's about getting them at the right them. time. Yeah, correct. I'm trying to load up forwards, mainly, at this stage. 
and then waiting for the defenders yeah. to pop up. Um, yeah, we've so got in, another the, one. in the replies to in the replies to Nashi, um, Duncan Hill mentioned that he doesn't mind Zorko. Now, Zorko does look good, but if anyone watched that game on Thursday night, he, he's, he's still leg. limping around like a motherfucker. <laughs> As long as he's limping around on the footy field, I don't want any part of Zorko. Um, yeah, he'll score great. Um, as I said in preseason, he's perfect for that halfback role, but I wouldn't be touching that with a 10-foot pole. There's way better options. Um, he has just picked up DPP, so he's a defender. But yeah, nah, not for me personally. Yep, yep. Um, ben Henderson has said best DPP options has Real got to go. Well, we've gone over the DPP options. But has Real got to go? Now, it won't surprise me if Real comes out and actually has a 100 game and makes his break even. But I feel like Real, for me, has got to go because I've got to get, I've got to upgrade my midfield spot to get Petrarca and Real's the one that makes way. And I think, Ben, if you can try and make way for Petrarca by getting rid of Real, I say do it. I think there's other fish to fry before Rao. I think there's got to be... Have you got me? Yeah, I've got you. I've got you, mate. You keep going. Sorry, I just said my connection was unstable. Um, I think there's there's better uh, outgoing options than Rao. He had 23 centre bounce tennis on the weekend. So the role's there. He's just not really getting a lot of the footy. He's been... As clear as being asked to play a bit more defensive. Um, but, I mean, they got smashed by... Melbourne a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they got smashed by St Kilda. So surely something's got to change there and they hopefully get back to his ball-winning ways. So I think while they're still hovering around his break even, I think is a hold because someone that has the capability of going 120-plus, I think you're silly to trade him out. I I would even prefer trading out someone like a Horn Francis before Raul. Now, I know Horn Francis has started getting more CBAs now, I think he had the most out of all North Melbourne mids um, from memory, Dana. No, yeah, I'm wrong. Like Jai Simkin had more. Jai Simkin had more, but Horn Francis was second. So the role is there for Horn Francis. Um, I didn't catch this game on the weekend, but the Bulldogs are pretty hard to play against, and that's why he scored a bit low. Um, but maybe he's due for a rest. Maybe he's just a bit tired. Um, he's playing his first year of, of L footy. He played Sample last year, but... Um, yeah, maybe Horn Francis is the better one. I think, yeah, as I said, Rao having the capability of going really big, um, I don't like the idea of trading him out. I understand the merit if it's going to turn you into a turn him Petrarca. into a Petrarca or something like that. But I think, yeah, with Rao's potential scoring, unless he gets injured, I think you've got to hold him until maybe his buy even. We don't we don't have to agree on this podcast. <laughs> I reckon, no, no, I reckon no it's all good. If you want to get Petrarca in, I reckon use Real. That's what I'm doing. Team looks juicier with Petrarca in the team than Rowley. Um, we've got Heath Little has asked, is another is Prusa must-have. He said, currently have Gorn slash Wits at R1, R2 with Dixon, R3, and then he also has Cherry and Hayes at F4 and 6. I don't reckon he needs to bring Prusa in. You got you got the other Hayes coming in next week. I don't. They can get another price rise and then go down. Like he's not, he's not going to bench Wits, is he? The way Wits he's going. Well, it would be a trading Wits to to Bruce. I would have thought, but his break even uh, is still thirty eight. So, no, nah, you wouldn't be trading Wits. 
Yeah, Wits is averaging 108. So I think, I, I mean. I think it'd be pretty silly to trade him out. Um, he's probably still got way more to, to, to make. Now, he's got Brisbane this week, which is a little bit of an awkward matchup because they've got a couple of bigger rucks. But then he's got Collingwood, who only averages 74 against his old club. Uh, then he's got Sydney Frio Bulldogs. So he's, he's it, I wouldn't say his run of rucks is, is poor. So I think, and having the first buy, I think, if you've got wits, I think that's someone that you probably hold until the buy, um, and you reassess then. Um, and he might be five hundred fifty thousand. Look at that as we speak. Bruce is the number three ruck. So unless Sean Darcy has a real change of uh, fortunes injury wise, now Darcy was really impressive yesterday, and maybe maybe the smarter option is to just to sideways Bruce to not Bruce, wits to Sean Darcy at the bye and cash in then. I think that's probably the play. I don't think you need Bruce. Yep. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Pato, um, got any more questions or are we going into VC and C options for this week? I think that's all we have. And if we didn't get your question, apologies, we'll just reply on Twitter. Yep, easy. So we're not called the Super Coach Co-Captains for nothing. Every week we give you VC and C options to try and better your team. We've got a few a blockbuster game on Friday night, which will probably end up being a shellacking. That's the GWS Giants versus St Kilda at Marnica. Ah, Pato. Cheeky VC on um, Tom Green in this one, Pato. Or even Jackie Sinclair. Or Jack Steele. Yeah, against his old team. Yeah, I don't mind. Um, Steel probably gets tagged. Although we said that last week about Melbourne, and they didn't tag either of them. They ended up tagging <laughs> Ed Langdon. Ed fucking Langdon. That was interesting. Um, Leon they ended up losing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Leon. Leon. What, what more can you say? Leon fucking Cameron. How good is he? Anyway, oh Jesus. Well, this week's actually really tough. I'm looking at my team personally, and. I don't have a lot of loophole options later on in the week, so I might have to try and get an early VC. Yeah, right. Now, I've got Elijah Hollands, who could even play this week. So if he plays, I'm in trouble because my other option is Brady Hoff, who plays Saturday. So I'm going to have to take someone in the first two games, I think, personally. Um, so that's a little bit awkward for me. How good is Dylan Stevens? Um, and you know, the thing is, you won't know if you've got Dylan Stevens, right? You won't know, because he plays on the Monday, you won't know whether or not he's going to be the sub until the Monday. Yeah, and he was named on the extended bench this weekend as well. And he was a, he was an absolute sub um, possibility. Now, he wasn't the sub, but he could be. So, so you got to like really be... You gotta hope like a, and even and even the other the other ones under threat like your McDonald from Hawthorne. That's again Monday against Sydney. So I think I think McDonald plays. I don't think he's getting dropped up to today's game. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like all these guys that are under threat, yeah. like later on, and you won't know. Um, and then yeah, the only other one might be a Mitchy Hinge, but I'm pretty sure it was just a Corky, and he'll play on the Saturday. But at least we'll know. Yeah, yeah. So there might so not really be any VC. See, well, yeah, there might not be very many VC loophole options. But anyway, we'll still talk about them. So the Giants and St Kilda. So I've said Tom Green. I've gone. I, I reckon Timmy Taranto could even bounce back and have a fucking huge one with Toby Green in the side. 
Um, but Jack Steele and Jack Sinclair for me, they're my four. I don't like Steele. He he scored eighty odd last year, I reckon, against the, the Giants. Ninety one. Um, and that doesn't cut it for a, a VC. So, I mean, maybe if you don't have any other options, Jack Steele has potential to go big. And if he doesn't go big, then you've got Jack McRae playing 12 hours later. Um, so you're fine. Yep. So, so, yeah. We'll, I, go, we'll go to that game. <laughs> the Saturday yeah, game. Yeah, let's do it. So it's Western Bulldogs versus the Adelaide Crows at Mars Stadium out in Ballarat. Oh, yeah. I'd like to know who actually usually gets BOG in Ballarat for the Dogs. I'm assuming it's McRae, but it could be an interesting one. Pato, it could be someone completely different. It could be Smith or some shit. It could be the Bond. I reckon we looked it up last year, Dono, and someone averaged a ridiculous amount. Yeah, I have a feeling it was McRae. I think it was like 140. Yeah, McRae averages 136 at Mars Stadium. There you go. I said 140. Wait. It was four points off. Wait, there's two Mars stadiums. Surely not. No, the one in Ballarat. Yeah, there's two Mars stadiums listed in the venue list for Jack McRae. Oh, that's probably just... So I don't know what's going on there. But McRae scores a lot at Mars Stadium. Let's put it that way. There we go. There we go. Oh, he scores a lot everywhere he plays, really. Let's be real. Yeah, that's true. Um, anyone else you like? I don't mind a Rory Laird against the Bulldogs. They won't nah, tag him. The dogs, the dogs are very difficult to score against midfield-wise, so don't love no. the Rory Laird shout. Um, I reckon Tim English could get a hold of Riley O'Brien. Riley O'Brien tends to sort of float back and play as, a, as an extra key defender, and I think that'll allow Tim English to, to go around and get 25 touches and do what he wants when he's not rucking. So... Tim English is someone that could go nuts if Steph Martin doesn't play. Yep. Yep, that's fair. Uh, we'll move on to the next game at Adelaide Oval, which is Port Adelaide versus West Coast Eagles, 18th versus 16th. Um, <laughs> yeah, everyone will be lining up to watch this game on the weekend, won't they, Oh, Dana? fuck yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say it. I reckon Alex Witherden is just going to go nuts. I reckon he's going to go nuts. I reckon Port Adelaide will get the ball down there a fuckload. And Witherden will be taking a lot of kick-ins. Yeah, yeah, not a bad shout. I don't mind Zach Butters either. Yeah, but Butters could go 160. I'm calling it. Butters, or 150 plus. Butters could easily go 150 plus. I wouldn't see him, though. I'd put a VC on him if you got the loop options. Because there's a bloke on the Sunday that is projected to score 144 against his opponent. So, they're my, they're my shouts. Travis Boak has finally had his little drop-off. Pato? Yeah, that's why he was never really an option. He's not going to stay in the top five. Yeah, yeah. Next, uh, anyone else in that game? No? Yeah, no. No, yeah, no, yeah. no. boring. Let's move on. Okay, another one. Optus Stadium, Fremantle versus Carlton. This will be juicy at 7.40pm. I'm actually looking forward to this game. Now we've yep, already this said will be a really good game. We think Brayshaw will get a bit more attention from Hewitt. Um, Patrick Cripps, if he plays, could be a good shout. Now there's a bloke that is just slightly dropped in price. He's bordering on 600k. And there's not many teams that actually own him because he missed round one, and that's Sam Walsh. Sam Walsh, I think, could go big in this one. Yeah, not a bad shout. Um, a bit more room for him to move out on that wing on the weekend. Now, yep. 
Patrick Cripps is from WA and he averages 118 at Optus Stadium. Um, just the four games, but that's a pretty good sample size. Yeah. Um, so if he plays, I mean, it's probably risky to put a C on him coming off a hamstring, what, what he calls as a as a strain, not a pull or anything. Sort of, no, he called it a pull, not a strain. But probably not one, to, but it wouldn't surprise me if he goes big. Um, yeah. Look, I don't think it'll be a full-out tag if Hewitt does go to Brayshaw, but he might put a bit of attention to him into him at stoppages. Um, Sean Darcy to yeah. bitch slap fucking Pitnet and De Koning. De Koning actually got dropped for the weekend, so it might just be Pitnet. So, Ooh. yeah, if you've got Darcy, I don't mind that. He does kick three goals yesterday, didn't he? I don't know. Two goals, two. Two goals, two. Um scored 121 against the Bombers. So that's with seven clangers. So <laughs> that was a monster score without the clangers. Yep. I reckon Darcy's So Sean Darcy could go. Yeah, yeah, he could go massive. Yep. Agreed. Um, anyone else? No, not off the top of my head. Yeah, okay. Sunday, North Melbourne versus Geelong. I think they're one of the few games where I say I don't like any options. Yeah, yeah. How can you, <laughs> how can you, with confidence, choose anyone from this game? Um, Can't. Yeah, no. I don't even want to like. That doesn't even look like a game I'm going to want to watch. Oh, hang on. Wait, where is it being played? Is it in Tassie? Bunstone. So yeah, Jai yep. Simkin. Yep. <laughs> Jai yep. Simkin loves Tassie. I think that's where he scores yep. all of but his no 120 has, plus. But no one has Jai Simkin. Yeah, I know. But I just thought I'd throw it out there. If Jai Simkin goes 120 plus, it's because it's in Tassie. <laughs> yeah. Um, next game. So this is the game where we got a player projected for 144, Pato. That's the Suns versus the Lions, and I think you can gather who's projected to get 144. Is it Lockie Neal? It's fucking Lockie Neal. <laughs> Has, Barry, um... Barry, Barry will go and do a tagging job on Took, apparently. According to our mate uh, Daniel, yeah, but is Rao going to go to Neil? I don't think anyone can really. I don't think he can. He can tag Neil. Oh no! Like Lockie Neil got tagged and he still scored one seventeen. And didn't he score one thirty on getting tagged earlier on in the year? We'll put it this way: Jack Steele was getting hung off by Rao, and Jack Steele ended up pinging Rao for holding the ball like three times. Yeah. So when you got someone hanging off you, if they get the ball, you just tackle them. You get tackles. Yeah. So, yes. yeah. Plus six. Exactly. And a free free four would be nice. Yes. Yeah, see? So. Yeah, no, I like, I like knocking Neil as a VC. I wouldn't trust a C on him. Um, but there's some really good C options after this game. So if you've got a loophole player, it's nice to chuck the VC on on a Took or a Lockett Neil. Um, they could, either of them could go really big. Yep. Agreed. Um, next game is 11th versus 1st at the G. Richmond versus Melbourne at 7.25pm on the Saturday... Yeah, Saturday... So, Sunday night. Fuck. Sunday night. Oh, disgusting time. Um, oh. I know I know. I said Petrarca hasn't scored that much. Like, he's only highest is 133 versus... Richmond, he's done it once, which was last year, but I don't mind Petrarca. 
Yeah, there's three guys that could all score over 140 in this game, and Gordon one of them is absolutely trucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the easy way out, but I mean, they'll both they'll, they'll all destroy Richmond. Um, maybe Jaden Short to bounce back. Um, he had that. Really weird. I, I thought he's robbed a little bit. He wasn't as bad as what the 56 suggested. Um, maybe there's a little bit of dark arts there to to control his price and bring him down a bit. Is that um, is that a pun? Because Jake Arts plays for Richmond. No, no, that was just um, champion data sprinkling some magic stuff on certain players to either control their price or make sure they uh, score really high. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair, yeah. Fair. Bit, of, bit, bit of Luke Luke magic dust on uh, certain players. All right. We got a Monday. We have got two games on the Monday. Um, we got Hawthorne Max versus the other one. By the way. Yeah, I said I said Gorn Petrarca Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. So we I think it's University of Tasmania, isn't it? Hawthorne versus the yep. Swans. Wow, two games in Tassie this weekend. Yeah, what the fuck? Tasmania. And they want their own fucking football side when they get two games in fucking Tassie. They deserve one. It was sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, Pato. It's getting late. Uh <laughs> It is. Because it's in Tasmania, I think you know who I'm going to lean towards. Tom Mitchell against his old team? Tom Mitchell against his old team because there's only two players that fucking go absolutely apeshit in Tassie. One's Jai Simkin and the other one's Tom Mitchell. So I'm going to say Tom Mitchell just because, yeah, it's in Tassie. And he's had... Yeah. Yeah. Don't mind Yeah, Tom Mitchell's played... At the University of Tasmania Stadium 14 times, and he averages 120 there. Yeah, that's fucking sexy. Um, that is pretty sexy. If Papley and all that's back this week, Isaac Heaney as a cheeky cheeky. I think even if Papley doesn't play. Yeah, okay, fair. I think Heaney could go real big in this game. Are we under? Are we underrating Hawthorne? Yes. They were, they, they, today was the first time I got a chance to actually sit down and watch Hawthorne. They're good. They got absolutely destroyed by Saints. But yeah, they're actually like a team. They're a team. Take note, yeah, Giants. So they'll drop off. They're, they're young, so they'll drop off at some stage this year. But their future no isn't looking as bad as what Kane Paul thought. Again, how, how good is having a change of coach? We got fucking St Kilda. Oh, no, not Sakilda, sorry. We've got the Blues, we've got Collingwood, and we've got Hawthorne. Hawthorne. And look how they're going. Isn't there one of them? Oh, was there? No, maybe not. Well, hopefully there Soon is to this be Port week. and Giants, surely. Hopefully the Giants this week. Right, Collingwood's ninth, Hawthorne's eighth, and Carlton is sixth. Like, Fuck. <laughs> Anyway, um, anyone else you like in those games? I said Mills no. as a cheeky cheeky. No. How no. good's Lukey? Lukey Parker's one to keep an eye on for next week too, Pato. He scored 35 last week. No, he's... Yeah, that's what's dropped his, pro, his price, mate. He's a 480 yeah, but it's... and you've got 130-odd or something this round. Yeah, but as soon as Papley's back, he moves back forward. 
What? He scored 167, 73, 76, 39, 123 this year. Yeah, because he's playing up forward. Yes. Yeah, so if Papley comes back... Nah, there's better options. Oh, no, I like your little Lukey Parker. He's going to be cheapy-cheapy. Um, anyway... He's more, he's more expensive than four guys that are much better value and going to score more. I don't know. We'll talk about it next week. Um, and the last game on Anzac Day is Essendon versus Collingwood. Pato's going to jizz over a bloke, so take it away. Darcy Parrish. Yep, I knew you were going to say that. Um, Anzac Day medalist last year. I don't... More, yeah, to be honest, as I mean, captain options, I'd only go Darcy Parrish. I couldn't say Grundy with confidence to get like 130 plus because there's so many other players that could go absolutely huge before him. And Jordan Dugowie is a bit hit and miss with that. And I'm not confident putting a captain, straight captain on him yet. So, and same with Jack Crisp, not confident putting a straight captain on him. So Darcy Parrish is the only one. It might depend on who you think wins this game. If you think Collingwood wins this game, there's a certain person who shall not be named that is a really good captain option, I think. I already said Jordan Degali. <laughs> I already said Degali. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> what the fuck were you listening to? I'm listening to bedtime. Yeah, okay, it is bedtime. It's fucking 10.30pm and i got my first day back at work tomorrow. Woo! Because this guy had seven days ISO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, Pato, you want to say your Twitter handle? Yeah, at P-A-T-T-O-S-Triple-C. And mine is at D-A-N-E-O-S-Triple-C. So from us at the Supercoach Co-Captains, I'm Dano. I'm Pato. And this is us signing... The fuck off. Yeah, I've got nothing to say at the end. <laughs> <laughs>